Kevin, how fitting it is that the uh, two teams that are represented in our intro that we created back when uh, we were one or two episodes into our podcast happens to be the two teams, at least in my area, that are left uh, playing for South State, Taylorsville and West Jones. Right. I think uh, I think we kind of pictured that Taylorsville would be here near the end, and uh, I think you you had West Jones close, right? I know you had them taking a step step back. Yeah, I had them losing in the second round of the playoffs. Uh, I think I gave them a nine and four record of some sort. Uh, they were actually of the four teams that I, you know, picked predicted their records early in the season of the Jones County teams. Actually, West Jones is the one that my prediction was a little far off. I had them going nine and four, and uh, they had a way better year than that. You picked Laurel pretty much spot on. Yeah. South Jones, Northeast, and Laurel pretty much, you know, one or two game difference, uh, a four game difference yeah. for West Jones. So, um, but in a good way for West Jones. Yes, they've had an incredible season so far, and the season for them is still alive. Uh, before we get into our podcast, uh, just want to apologize to those folks that were expecting a podcast last week. Uh, for many of y'all, that already know and for some that may not um, my dad passed away last week so um, that happened on a Tuesday night I text Kevin uh, not long after it happened and told him that I would not be coming into work today or that Wednesday and told him to announce that we would not be doing a podcast this week so it feels good to be back um, I just want to thank the community uh, you know I decided that the funeral for dad was Friday morning and uh, kind of uh, was trying to make a decision whether or not to cover a game Friday night uh, being that the funeral was that morning and uh, went ahead and decided to cover a game just to kind of get back in the routine and kind of get my mind off of a lot of stuff and uh, that that did happen. Uh, It was a good game Friday night in SoSo. And uh, just it was, it was what I what I was needing, uh, definitely. So uh, thank thanks to everyone. You know, there's a lot of players, a lot of coaches, a lot of fans that, that reached out and text me or called me or Facebook message or Facebook post or something. You know, just um, saying I was praying for me and my family, and uh, appreciate that. And, and it was very touching, especially th- uh, Friday night on the sidelines to have. During the game, to have several of the West Jones players, and then after the game, the coaches come up to me and uh, you know tell me they were praying for me. It just it just meant a lot. So you know, big shout out to the community. Uh, and that's what I love about this area. It's just a lot of good folks that live around here. Really are. They really are. I know. Uh, I know when my dad passed away a couple of years ago, uh, right before Christmas, there was a lot of coaches who who reached out. Uh, Todd Breland being one, he was he was one of the yeah. first coaches to reach out. Uh, so yeah, this community is really well whenever it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. 
uh, Keith Braddock was the first one to actually send me a text and reach out. Um, so, yeah, appreciate all those coaches. I think every coach, um, you know, reached out and, and told me they were praying for me and my mom and, and my family. So that, that, that did mean a lot. Well, welcome to uh, our Sports 601 podcast, Season 1, Episode 14. Uh, would have been 15 had we had one last week, but it's Episode 14. I'm your host, James Pugh. I cover sports for the Sports601.com and Laurel Impact for Jasper Jones and Smith County and Wayne County, too. Don't want to forget them. Uh, and to my 12 o'clock is my co-host who covers sports with the Sports601.com, Hattiesburg, Impact, Fulfar, Samar, and Covington County, Kevin Lindsay. Would I rather be feared or loved? Uh, any both. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. Well, Kevin, I was not able to do predictions last week, um, so uh, my record stays the same where it's at, uh, 80 wins, 30 losses, 72.73%. Uh, you, on the other hand, were able to, to pick your games. You only had two. Yeah. So uh, tell us how you did. I went 2-0. Oh. It's right. my first undefeated <laughs> week of the year, baby. And I bumped up that winning percentage to 73.50 oh. On the year, I'm so close to the uh, 75% more. You know, last week, uh, last Friday night, I kind of joked with you that I wanted to pick up your games too, so I could hit that 75% more. <laughs> but I stayed with with my games, and uh, those were two that it really wasn't hard for me to pick. To be honest with you, I uh, with, with both teams having so much momentum. Both down on Oak Grove were hard to pick to me. Yeah, I mean, I only had three games in my area, and had I picked, I think we had already discussed even, you know, before all that took place that uh, you already knew who I was picking, who yeah. I, you know, designated out to win in those three games and, and would have gone 3-0. and uh, So I, I would have been right there with you, but, but obviously didn't get to. So uh, still, you know, for 72, 73% on the year, that is pretty good considering we've had well over 100 games to pick in the season thus far. Uh, let's kind of talk a little bit about Friday night and the games that we were at before we get into this South State Championship week. Uh, Friday night, uh, like I said, I was in so-so. Uh, man, what a thrilling game that was. I-, I know you said you were kind of following along on Twitter and uh, – uh, you know, it it, it, it might have been exciting for you to kind of follow along on Twitter and, and, and see the updates and see the swings that were going back and forth in this game. But to be there uh, was just, just a different animal. It was a very exciting game. Uh, West Jones defeated Wayne County in round two of the Class 5A playoffs, 33-30 to 30 in overtime. West Jones was down uh, 17 points at one point in this game, especially in that first half. And just, uh, you know, honestly, I, I, I knew West Jones was, was one of those teams that when they come out in the second half, they uh, make some adjustments. Uh, but being 17 points down, I, I, I thought by then it, was, it would be too late. But, uh, man, they had some stuff to go their way in that second half. Uh, two block punts that put them in really good field position because uh, they wasn't they wasn't gaining yards Friday night against uh, Wayne County's defense. Uh, I think uh, you know looking at the numbers, Wayne County had you know three hundred something uh, 
yards gained on the ground on offense and west jones was you know about 150 130 something one somewhere around in there so uh wayne county out, definitely outgained west jones on the ground but those two block punts that west jones had on special teams set them up in really really good field position and allowed them to climb back in that game uh, took the lead with a few minutes left to go and uh, Wayne County got the ball, was driving. Uh, at one point, I thought it was the ball game. Uh, Wayne County was getting – they were in the red zone already, and they wanted to get down and, and, and down the ball. And the quarterback fumbled the snap. So, West Jones and Wayne County players were diving after the ball, trying to get it. And for a second there, I thought West Jones had recovered it, uh, but Wayne County kept it and uh, were able to uh, get a game-time field goal with like five seconds left in the game. And it went to overtime. Uh, West Jones' defense stepped up, uh, forced Wayne County to – uh, settle for a field goal, which they made. And uh, on the first play from scrimmage on offense for West Jones, uh, Pruitt went around the corner, found some open ground, got to the end zone, and West Jones won that game in a very thrilling fashion. So uh, a very exciting Friday night last night, or last Friday night for me. The other games you have going on in our area is uh, Taylorsville in round three of the playoffs. They defeated Philadelphia. Uh, both teams only had one loss on the year coming in this game, so this was uh, probably Taylorsville's biggest test to date. And uh, they handled business. They defeated Philadelphia 47 to 30. Uh, I know that score doesn't seem like make it seem like the game was closer um, than if you were there. You you the game was a lot closer than that score right there shows, but. Uh, Taylorsville, I, I talked to Mitch Evans this week, and he said they were able to run the ball pretty efficiently in the second half, and that, that turned out to be the difference in the game. So they advanced to South State, and uh, we'll talk about their upcoming opponent here in a little bit. And the other game that you had in my area was Picayune and Laurel. Uh, you know, I had heard that uh, Todd Breland prior to this game had said that they were going to I know Friday night after they beat Pascagoula, he told me that they were going to throw everything they had at uh, Picayune to try to win that game. And uh, he told somebody else that they were throwing everything they had at them, even the transmission in the bus if they had to. Uh, So they definitely threw everything they had at Picayune uh, at halftime. I believe it was 21-21. Early in the third quarter, Laurel took the lead 28-21. And from then on, it was n- nothing but picking you uh, in that offense, wearing down the defense of Laurel and picking up a win, 42-28 to 28 over Laurel, setting up the big game this week, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, Kevin, you only had one – you had a couple games in your area. Just just talk about those games. Uh, where I was at was Pedal and Brandon. This was a rematch of the regular season contest. Uh, it, most everybody knows it was probably my favorite article to write over the course of this year. Uh, it's really one of the only real close games that I had that I was at uh, for most of the regular season. But Pedal won that game in the last minute field goal, but there was no last second field goals in this one. Uh, 
the panel struck quick. They got ahead. I believe it was fourteen to nothing. Uh, Brandon come back. I think made it close uh, in the first half, a touchdown game. But they never got any any closer. Uh, panel just man, their defense. They are just so solid, and they come off of a performance where uh, they absolutely dominated Biloxi coming to this game against Brandon, done the same thing. Uh, nothing really Will Rogers could do. He's a Mississippi State command quarterback, and there was just nothing there. There was nothing there to get. Uh, so this game wasn't close. It ended up being a 27-14 game. And uh, really, just not much more to say about it. Brett Pedler just dominated that game. Yeah. Talked to Coach Boyles afterwards, and uh, we kind of discussed the first game. And he said, you know, that, that game was weeks ago. And we had to put that out of our minds about it being close. And his boys responded. Uh, the players responded well to it. Uh, just a really, really solid game for Pedal, and they are absolutely dominating in the playoffs, and they've been dominating the past five weeks. So, uh, yeah, Pedal took care of business. Uh, the other game that I had uh, that was not here, not local, it was in Gulfport, was between Gulfport and Oak Grove. These two teams faced off in the regular season. Oak Grove went down there in the regular season and defeated Gulfport. And this game, uh, it also wasn't really close. Uh, I think Gulfport got with them four, and that's all that they could do. Uh, Gulfport was 10-2 and two on the year, and Oak Grove defeated them 42-24. Uh, An interesting stat in this game is Damon Stewart completed eight passes for Oak Grove. You know mm-hmm. how many he threw? How many? He threw nine. Wow. He had four touchdowns. So, 50% of his passes were touchdowns. 50% of his completions, I should say, were touchdowns. He was 8 of 9 for 163 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. He walked away with a 167.8 QBR rating. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And also, uh, they had four rushers that combined for 245 yards and two touchdowns. So, Ogrove, that offense is heating up uh, just the right time, and that sets up arguably the biggest game in the South. If you put in the rivalry, you know, I know, I know, picking you, West Jones. Yeah, so I was about to say, I, I think both teams are undefeated, but you add the Oak Grove pedal rivalry. Yeah. Both teams are 18 and 18 all time against one another. It's getting overshadowed probably by West Jones picking you. But for this community and this in the Forest Lamar County area, this is huge. This is Duke UNC type stuff. You know, the Duke UNC rivalry for a while, I think they were like head to head, right even one another, even that points uh, scored between the both of them. So this is big. Uh, Oak Grove has a chance, obviously, to go back to back to make it to the state title game. But uh, yeah, just exciting. Yeah, I know we, we're gonna talk a little bit more about that. So I don't let, let me tell you much. why it's getting overshadowed by the West Jones picking in game. Uh, first of all, Pedal and Oak Grove have already met one time this year. Yes. So the luster of that meeting has already kind of. 
Yeah. There's already been it's that. It's already happened. Pedal one twenty one seven. And I don't know if if most people expected those two teams to meet again in South State. Yeah. With the West Jones and Picayune, ever since uh, region play kind of began, everybody has been talking about this potential matchup between West Jones and Picayune obviously being two of the top two teams in the South in 5A and it's just been building and building and building and building and now uh, we're just we're on the doorsteps of it so I think that's possibly why this game is probably overshadowing the the pedal and outgrabbing it and I agree that game is is big for this area because it's two rivals mm-hmm. that are in the, you know, I, I don't know exactly how many miles separate just a few the, the, <laughs> the two schools, but it's not that many. Um, uh, but with the the West Jones Picayune game, we haven't seen that game this year. The last two times, the last time these two teams met was in South State last year, mm-hmm. uh, the year that West Jones uh, defeated Picayune in South State and went on to play for a state championship. And uh, so that's probably why the West Jones-Picayune game is kind of uh, overshadowing that game is because there's just been a building of anticipation mm-hmm. for weeks and weeks and I weeks. Agree. And now we're here and everybody's kind of talking talking about that. And it's kind of given a, a backseat to the uh, Oak Grove and uh, – pedal rivalry there don't you just love the storylines if you oh, if yeah. you look at this the picky and west jones game picky's head coach is retiring after this year uh west jones is on the cusp of they had never made it to a state state title game and they're looking to go back to back similarly to oak grove um West Scott Pearson, arguably one of the best coaches in the mm-hmm. state. He's never had a state title. These two best defense, best offense, would you say? Yeah. Clashing. Uh, lots of storylines for that game. Same with Pedal, Oak Grove, Marcus Bulls, arguably one of the most decorated coaches in the state. He's won everywhere. Hasn't won in a state championship at Pedal yet. Oak Grove, Drew Causey, uh, great coach too. Looking to go back to back. You had John Rice Plumley. People thought they would take a step back. David Stewart's filled, filled that role. They got hot. I mean, it's just, it's a great time to be a high school football fan this, yeah. this week. I agree. Well, let's kind of let's kind of break down some of these uh, games that we got coming up uh, Friday night for the South State Championships. And we'll start with picking in West Jones, like I said, because we already – Mentioned it a little bit. Uh, both teams are thirteen and zero on the season, um, and as you mentioned, and, and as I mentioned in my prediction uh, this week, which you can read at sports601.com, uh, if there is a team poised to beat and upset picking units, West Jones, uh, because of the way West Jones is built defensively, they do better against teams who strictly run the ball. Uh, and we've already seen they've they really only played one game this year so far against a team that runs an offense like Picayune, and that was East Central. And uh, they blew East Central out, I think, what, 56 to 20? Yeah. Somewhere around in there. I'm sure the West Charles fans can remind you of that. Yes, one. they can. <laughs> I gave them a little bulletin board material to get them motivated, and uh, it worked. But 
So, so East Central is, is is the only team that West Jones has played that that have that plays that similar style. Now, there's a huge difference in East Central and Picayune. Um, their records reflect it. Their stats reflect it. So, you know, although West Jones has played a team that runs something similar to what Picayune has done, I think uh, they'll probably find out quickly it's it's going to be a lot different as far as physicality and uh, things of that nature. But, like I said, if there's a team poised to upset uh, Picayune, and I say upset, uh West Jones fans don't get mad. I'm saying upset because according to the AP poll, according according to any poll you look at, Picayune is at number one. West Jones is at number two. So that's why I say upset from one team to the other. Uh, I, I just don't know if... I, I just don't know if West Jones can do it this year. And I, a big part of last year of the reason that West Jones was able to go to Picayune and upset Picayune uh, was because some of the defensive linemen that West Jones had, one of them's playing at Alabama. I believe two others are playing on the JUCO level. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so you had guys, uh, some high caliber guys, uh, that were able, that were big enough, had big enough bodies that can endure the beating that Picayune will put on a defensive line for four quarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, West Jones don't have the names this year that they had last year, but they have some some really talented guys up front. I just don't know if they can handle what guys like Byron Young and Damian Cunningham were able to endure uh, in this game last year. And I think that gives Picayune the edge. And, and we've already heard from – Todd Breland, who said that this team that Picayune has this year is way better than the team that Picayune had last year. Right. So, while there are some other circumstances for West Jones, like their offense is a lot better this year, they score a lot more, they're a little bit more explosive this year, they have several skill guys that are really good in open space. so they've improved offensively from last year and defensively, you know, I want to say they're about the same. I think they're maybe better overall. I think their secondary is better. They're, yeah. So that's why I say that I think they're a little bit better overall, but up front they're just not as talented as you had last year. And to beat Picky, you have to be very, very physical and big up front to stop what they do. I was I was gonna say I wouldn't necessarily I wouldn't necessarily call it talented. I would say just this is just watching I watched them twice this year. Yeah. They're they're smaller and speedier, if that makes sense. Yes. This it's not the big beefy front that they had last year. Byron Young is huge. And the guys that they had were big. Um, this year, they're a little bit smaller. And they're disciplined. I will yeah. give them that. Yeah. But they're just not as big up front. Right. And, and teams like Picayune, Popperville, East Central, teams like that are just massive up front. That's, you know, I told you... Yeah, I, I saw a picture earlier this week of uh, 
the the front line of, of picking you and, and they are huge yeah yeah I, I told you this uh, several weeks ago when Purvis and Poplarville played mm-hmm. that I, I saw why Poplarville gave gave Laurel a game and it was because of their their guys up front their offensive line up front and that's similar to what the Picky does and uh, I watched Picky last year against Laurel and they just don't seem to be different and that's what Picky does I don't know what they feed the boys down there but that's that's what they do um so it's all about matchups and that, that's what I look at yeah when looking at these games is it's it's not it's not necessarily talent it's usually yeah. style and, and when I say uh you know when we talk about having to go up against a huge massive offensive line I will say this East Central uh, I, I wasn't at the game of course uh, but Kevin our boss was and he he mentioned to me how big East Central was up front uh, so could Wes Jones disrupt that enough yeah they, they've kind of done it before uh, against a beefier offensive line going toe to toe so you know while we talk about, you know, while I talk about, you know, what I, why I feel Picayune has the edge in this game, uh, West Jones has gone up against something kind of similar. Right. I don't know how much bigger Picayune is uh, in relation to East Central, but um, I do know they're better up front, yeah. obviously, with, you know, they're, they're averaging, uh, shoot, averaging probably. 50 something 60 something points a game yeah they're, I believe they're they're, uh, they're up there they're, I know they're averaging 437 rushing yards per game yeah now I will say this because West Jones is uh, secondary is better in my opinion they'll be able to play more man to man which means they'll be they should be able to bring their linebackers up yeah uh, so you know your DBs they're going to be left on an island uh, by themselves, but I think West Jones can kind of kind of deal with that. Yeah, because there's not much of a threat for picking to throw the ball. They are efficient whenever they throw, but I think that I think it West Jones the secondary can handle that. But uh, yeah, that's that's something to watch out for. And one thing that does kind of concern me uh, about West Jones in this game is is what Wayne County was able to do Friday night uh, because. Uh, West Jones had 168 total yards of offense, I believe, to Wayne County's 324. Uh, so they were a Wayne County was able to do stuff up front to disrupt West Jones. Uh, at the end of the night, West Jones only had 51 yards rushing. Yeah. Uh, so they were able to do some things uh, against West Jones that, that I'm pretty sure. Picayune paid attention to, and I don't think much of Picayune's game plan is going to change. Right. Because they're just a team that they don't care if you know what they're doing. They don't care if you know where they're going to run the ball. Obviously, you know they're going to run a ball, so it's not like they're trying to disguise packages of, you know, we're hey, we're going to throw it now, we're going to run it here. I mean, they run it 95% of the ball game. Right. And they're just kind of basically one of those in-your-face teams that says, hey, we're going to do this. Try to stop it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
I think picking is going to kind of obviously we're going to watch game film from Friday night and see what uh, Wayne County was able to do to kind of keep West Jones limited uh, on the ground and through the air. So it's going to be a good game no matter what. I I, I predict a um, Picayune win by three points. I think uh, in my prediction I said 27 or 28 to 24 four yeah. points so uh three four points i would say uh, i don't believe i know just about everywhere we've looked uh everybody else is also picking picking you to win this game uh what has surprised me though is we've seen a couple people uh pick this game to be high scoring uh i don't i just don't see this game getting to be a, a shootout. I don't think there's going to be enough possessions. No. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe if they strike quick and it just, you know, something crazy happens. I understand Wayne County picking you went to high school and, you know, things like Laurel or picking you went to high school. But I just don't see this one. No. I mean, this game last year was, was 21-14 at the end of the game. So, yeah, you know, and, and – and, Picayune was a high scoring offense last last year too. Right. So, um, so yeah, uh, that's a little breakdown of the West Jones Wayne County game. Picayune game. game. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, the other game that we that I got going on in my area is uh, Scott Central, who is eleven and two. Uh, we'll be traveling to Taylorsville, who is thirteen and one for the two A South State Championship, and. Uh, not going to mention much about this game because I, I thought, you know, and I even wrote this in my prediction, how I, how I said, you know, this is this was the first game I picked, and the reason I picked it to pick first was that it was a little bit more clear cut, yeah, than the West Jones picking game. I just think that uh, I know Scott Central defeated Taylorsville last year in the two A state championship. Obviously, they moved down to the south, and that's why they're playing. Uh, Taylorsville. Taylorsville beat them in game one of the season, 32-12. to 12. You were at that game, right? I was at that game. So, yeah. So, these two teams have already met, and, and I know both of them have gotten better since then. Uh, but after, you know, kind of following along to what Taylorsville did to one of the best, other best teams in 2A, in the South, I, I just don't see Scott Central being able to come up with something different to be able to stop Taylorsville in, in this matchup. I predict a, I would say, I think my prediction was 35 to uh, 14 Taylorsville. Yeah, because Philadelphia was the AP number one Yeah, in, in 2A. Uh, AP number one, Taylorsville is number two. And I just go back to the base range Scott Central game. Mm-hmm. That was what a 12-6 game. Uh, I believe it was in favor of in favor of Scott Central, uh, and then you look at what Taylorsville done to Bay Springs, which I, which honestly I don't understand why Philadelphia was. Well, the reason why Taylorsville was the number one, I can tell you because I had to vote in there, was Taylorsville was the number one because uh, of Taylorsville's loss to Jackson Prep. 
when that happened and Taylorsville got pushed back to two and the gap was closing with voters as the season went on. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't a unanimous number one for Philadelphia. To me that game meant little or nothing yeah. whenever yeah. I voted. But obviously to others it, it did. Uh, I, I put them right I think the very next week I put Taylorsville ahead of Philadelphia uh, once we got into two A ball and you had region play. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but either way, uh, Philadelphia was probably the 1B, if you want to call it, you mm-hmm. know, the 1B team or 2 team. Uh, I think there's a drop-off between them and Scott Central, so I don't expect that, that game to be too close. Maybe Scott Central makes it closer, you know, but I, I don't expect it. Yeah. All right, Kevin, talk about the uh, solo game you've got in your area for South State. Yeah, um, like I mentioned before earlier, Oak Grove and Pedal, a lot of storylines going on in this one. Oak Grove can go back to the 6A state championship back-to-back. If they win, uh, Pedal and Marcus Bulls can go back to the state championship for the first time since 2015, I believe it was. Uh, they play Starkville in that state championship believe it was because uh, A.J. Brown was the wide receiver yeah. there so uh, yeah they can go back for the first time since 2015 I had a hard time picking this one I went back and forth uh, since Friday and went into this one this morning broke down some stuff let me just give you just give you some information in the past five games that's, that's why I went back the past month or so uh, football. Uh, Pedal's record uh, is obviously undefeated, but their opponent's record was 28-34 combined. And Oak Grove's rec- uh, opponent's record was 30-28 combined. Not much difference there. Uh, you had uh, Pedal with over 2,000 yards of offense. Uh, Oak Grove with 2,100 yards of offense. Both quarterbacks are playing out of their mind. Uh, one has 11-2 interception rate in it. Touchdown to interception ratio. That's to Carlos Nicholson. David Stewart has a 16-2 touchdown to interception ratio. Can I interrupt you there for sure? You're talking about the touchdown to interception ratio, and I mentioned it to you earlier today. Uh, let, let me tell you this <laughs> oh, touchdown yeah. to interception ratio. Ty Keys, quarterback at Taylorsville, in his junior year, he has 41 touchdown passes. Seven interceptions. How about that ratio? That's insane. That's sick. <laughs> that is insane. Uh, yeah. So, if you look at the five games, Damon Stewart's on that pace. <laughs> He's on that pace. But uh, it's just he couldn't do that all season. I don't think uh, that just shows how much of an anomaly Tykes is at Taylorsville. Yeah. Uh, but both of these teams are really good. Uh, I know Pedal's been hearing that. Uh, a lot of it from me at <laughs> Oak Grove. I was reminded of that yesterday whenever I was at Pedal, pedal practice. I think Boyle saw me and was like, you know the media guys have been saying Oak Grove is red hot. And it is true. And you yeah. can't like you can't deny of what Oak Grove has been doing. Uh, they've scored forty plus points the past two weeks, and they're averaging almost fifty points a game since they went zero two in the district. So, with all that said, 
one fan base is not going to like my prediction and the other one will. Uh, I went with pedal in this one just because I like the old adage of defense wins championships. And pedal defensively is playing great football. Um, I feel like, spoiler alert, they might have my defensive player of the year on that team. I'm not going to say who it is, but I feel like he's on that team. Um, this one will be close. I, I I put it, I think it was 20, 27, 21. You can see my predictions in the breakdown of that game on sports601.com. But I do think this will be a closer game than it was uh, in week six, I believe it was. Uh, you know, week six we had the delays and all that stuff yeah. and the rain and, and whatnot. And as far as I know, I don't think we're going to get that this Friday. So maybe we won't have delays or anything and won't throw kids off. But, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about Oak Grove and Pedal. Guaranteed at least one in our coverage area to make it to M.M. Roberts Stadium. Um, you know, I just feel like Pedal's got it. If Oak Grove, if Oak Grove jumps out fast and they crack Pedal's defense and maybe go, you know, have two quick scores and stop Pedal, I don't know how comfortable Pedal will be playing from behind because their offense isn't the type uh, just to go out and score in a play or two. Now, they did, they, they did show some of that last week against Brandon, but that's not the norm. Right. So, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see what happens. But uh, I will we, be. We obviously differ on, on a few things here uh, on the podcast of predictions and stuff. And, you know, you talked about today and, and kind of off air on this podcast how this was, this was a pretty tough decision for you. For me, it was simple. Pedal. I just don't see, you know, and and maybe that's been because uh, I have watched pedal play a couple times this year, and I have not seen Oak Grove. What I know about Oak Grove is just what I've read, uh, and, and of course, talking with you and uh, you know talking to some other coaches that have played Oak Grove this year. Uh, but I, I just think it was pretty simple for me. See, it would have been a month ago. Yeah. It would have been simple for me. I would have picked pedal probably by 14. Yeah. But the way both teams are playing, um, Causey took some flat. I'm just going to be honest. Drew Causey took a little bit of flat from the fan base yeah. over his quarterback decision, and he stuck with it. Yeah. And it's paying off. Yeah. Uh, Damon has, has played – to his ability and to his strengths mm-hmm. and it's, it's beginning to pay off and uh, it's just a rivalry game and and like I said I spent probably about an hour and a half uh, around at Pedal's practice and I think that's what convinced me to, yeah. to go with Pedal so uh, you know we'll see Maybe maybe you might want to take a ride out to Oak Grove and spend an hour and know, thirty minutes a day. It might change your mind. It have me rethinking my entire process. But, uh, uh, yeah. Nevertheless, we're gonna have some some really great games uh, Thursday night or Friday night. Uh, we do have a game Thursday night Thanksgiving, but that's college football. But we'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, we you know 
let me just give you the rundown of, of the whole state and the games we got going on. In Class 6A in the north, you have Starkville at Oxford. Uh, Starkville is 12-2, and two, Oxford is 12-1. and one. Uh, They call this the Little Egg Bowl. And for this year to be part two, because uh, both teams have already played in the regular season. Uh, then, of course, down here in the south, you got Oak Grove 10-3 at Petal 12-1. and one. In Class 5A in the north, you have Neshoba Central 10-3 at West Point. 13 and 1. Uh, West Point is seeking their, what, fourth or fifth straight? I believe it's the fifth. It'd be their fifth, okay. Uh, so they're they're the 5A powerhouse up in the north, and uh, they'll take on the Soba Central. Uh, down here in the south, of course, you got 13 and 0 Picayune at 13 and 0 West Jones. In 4A in the north, you have 13 and 0 Greenwood at Corinth, who is 12 and 1 on the season. And in the south, you have Lawrence County 9 and 5 against Poplarville 8 and 5. Both of those teams, real quick, are surprising. Yeah. Neither one of those teams were picked to be where they are right now. South Pike was upset last week, mm-hmm. and uh, Green County, I think, was the pick in four A two. That that's always the scary thing for me, especially as teams that go undefeated in the regular season, is they're almost always, not always, but almost always, seems to be that one game you slip up before you get to the title game, and and that one loss is just kind of ends your season. So. Um, you know, Poppinsville obviously has the tools to, to get that done, and they did a good job of handling uh, a previously unbeaten South Pike team. In 3A in the north, you got Neshobe County. Uh, they are 95 on the year. They will travel to Choctaw County, who is 11 and 3. In the south, uh, no surprise here, honestly, even though the records may f- reflect otherwise for one of these teams. You got Jeff Davis County. They're eight and six on the year, uh, but you know they're they're Jeff Davis. Uh, they will be traveling to Columbia. Columbia is thirteen and zero on the season. In two A in the North, Charleston ten and four, Northside thirteen and zero. Just a fun fact here, Northside if I'm not mistaken, has only allowed six touchdowns on the year. So if uh, Taylorsville gets by Scott Central, it would be interesting to see uh, what kind of defense Northside has and if they're going to be able to stop the phenom called Ty Keys. Uh, of course, in the south, Scott Central 11-2, traveling to Taylorsville 13-1. In 1A, Noxipeda 12-2, will travel to Nanawaya, who is 12-1. That's a North state game and down here in the south richton eight and five on the year man can you believe that no i've heard this was supposed to be like a rebuilding year for richton mm. and they slipped out of that stringer district and yeah as a four seed and, and slipped past stringer in the game mm-hmm. in that last regular season game uh to kind of squeak by stringer and uh got in the playoffs and started rolling so uh, they will play Lumberton, who is 11 and 3. And those are your North and South State championship games in classes 6A through 1A. Uh, Kevin, before we uh, wrap up the podcast, I think it's uh, fitting to talk a little college football in the Egg Bowl. Are you excited? 
I am. This will be my first year covering the Egg Bowl. I'll get to write the game story about that. Obviously, you'll be taking photos. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited. I know you as an old Miss fan, are you excited about this, knowing that there's not a postseason bowl game to play for? Or to there be could eligible be. for? There could be. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, if if Ole Miss wins this game, they have a, a pretty high percentage shot at, at, at being one of those five and six teams that okay. gets uh, invited to a bowl game. So we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, let me tell you that this game is no matter who wins each year, um, you know, because after the game, if State wins or if Ole Miss wins, it's like, man, that was a great game, and then I just kind of forget about it. It's it's you know, I, sports is not something that I live and breathe and, and die on. You know, it's, it's just something I enjoy, and when it's over with, you know, it, it is what it is. So, you know, even the, even those years that States has won, this has is, is always been an exciting game to cover. Uh, last year's was probably – the last two years have been really exciting because there was just so much on the line as far as things that were kind of happening uh, with all the – NCAA sanctions and stuff and, you know, one team ratting on another and, you know, just being bad blood. And it's been a, you know, a crazy atmosphere um, and toxic at times, I think. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, no matter how this game has gone in the past several years, it's always been a game that's fun to watch and fun to cover uh, and exciting to see the, the fan bases react in this game. So, uh do you have a prediction one way or the other? I've told you this before. I know that people are saying or predicting Mississippi State to win this, maybe because it's at home yeah. and because they have a chance to go to a bowl game uh, on the line. I just I don't see it being that close. Yeah, I've I've covered. I think I've covered most of Mississippi State's home games uh, this year. Been up there and watching. If Tommy Stevens starts, I don't think they have much of a chance. If Schrader starts, I feel like the team plays for Garrett Schrader more yeah. than they do Tommy Stevens. Don't know why. I I, I really don't. Uh, but I just don't know how Mississippi State is going to stop the rushing attack from Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see how Mississippi State's defense. I don't think it's a good matchup. I know they'll bring out Willie Gay and those guys who were part of Tudor Gate. But, man, John Ross Plumley, uh, he's fast. He is something else. And I don't see – Mississippi State having the having the athletes to contain him. Yeah. Obviously, he ran all over Alabama, and he definitely ran all over LSU. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss might have lost that game, but I wrote I wrote about this a couple weeks ago. Ole Miss might have lost the game, but John Rice got his in that game. Yeah. And I, I feel like he's gonna do it again. Uh, I feel like it could be. Seven to ten points. I guess that's a close game. But I will say this about this game, and I've talked to you know Kevin Williamson, our boss. He's a a big Mississippi State fan, and and, and I've told him this all week long. Uh, and he he you know he, he firmly believes that Ole Miss is going to win this game. And I told him, I said, if you go back to these this rivalry, on the years where both teams are either both good or both average or both. Bad. 
the team that goes into the game as the underdog, which would be in this case Mississippi Old State. Oh. Well, I, I think from everybody's perspective, okay. and and I know that ESPN has their little sixty-four percent winage, you know, yeah. but but most people uh, like yourself see Ole Miss winning this game. Uh, so that that's why I say, um, and even Kevin, you know, he's saying that Ole Miss is going to win this game. I told him, I said, you know, if you if you go back and, and watch this rivalry in the past. 10 or so years when both teams have been sort of on the same playing field level as far as, you know, how the season is going for them. The underdog, which for everybody that I've talked to would probably name it as the state, wins the game. So it would not shock me if Mississippi State won the egg ball. Now, I think Ole Miss is positioned better to win this game just based on – they're good at running the ball. Mississippi State's not that great at stopping the run. Uh, Ole Miss is, doesn't do that great against the pass. You really don't have to worry about that from Mississippi State. So while I say that I predict Ole Miss to win, it would not shock me. And actually, I probably will go into this game expecting the norm to happen, which is the team you probably least expect to win this game, Mississippi State, wins it. Uh, just because it's just something about a rival game that uh, you throw records, you throw everything out the window, to be honest. So I, I, it's going to be a great game. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see who comes out on top. I just I just wouldn't be shocked either way, I guess I would say. Right. I understand. Well, be sure to check us out at sports601.com for all your high school, JUCO, college sports updates, articles, photos, and videos. Obviously, we're out and about, uh, on, especially on this tail end of football season. We're still out covering soccer and basketball. We've got some stories that we put up in the last couple of days regarding basketball. Uh, so be able to be sure to check those out on sports601.com. If you want to read our predictions for this week, um, be sure to check us out on sports601.com as well. Well, until next time, we'll see you out on the field Friday night.